hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Double Twist, and I'm sure other out there, other applications out there. Great to have you on board once again, and great to be with you also once again as. It's unofficially the Paladino Live Network or Paladino Live Podcasting Network. One of these days it'll be an official like page or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Things are kind of moving slow as a snail in a uh, snowstorm, but that's just how it goes. As promised, I'm catching up with the postseason as the conference finals are officially, unofficially set. The New York Islanders are up 4 nothing after an empty net goal <laughs> with about five minutes remaining in the game. Now it's about four and a half, but... Empty net very, very early. Uh, Philadelphia could not generate anything, so it's just kind of like hell with it. <laughs> it's just that's the situation. Alain Vigneault, I mean, he just was like, hell with it. We'll just, <laughs> of course, again, the Flyers coach. Just like hell with it. What are you going to do? You know, nothing was going on. 11 shots on goal. It's been, you know, <laughs> most of the game already. Six minutes remaining. Hell with it. Pull the pull the goalie. I mean, what else are we going to do? And then, of course, New York scores within seconds. It is what it is. I feel for the guys. Another one of those good coaches who brings teams to another level, but then they just, you know, they don't end up bringing home the cup like the New York Rangers a few years ago. Uh, Philadelphia, or excuse me, the Vancouver Canucks years ago. Uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is sometimes, but uh, happy to see the New York Islanders advance to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time. Since 1993, it's been a long time. They've had a little bit of success, but not a whole lot. And before that, the, the the New York Islanders hadn't done anything ever since their four Stanley Cup run and then losing to the Edmonton Oilers in 85. That's when the run ended officially, is getting to the finals for a fifth time and losing to the Oilers as they'd beaten the Oilers the year before in seven games. Pretty dramatic stuff. New York Islanders, definitely one of those historic teams, and it's cool to see them moving forward finally after many, many years of struggles and such, and you know, Barry Trotz, one of the best coaches in the league, and we'll see. Maybe he'll get his second Stanley Cup in three years. He might end up facing the team he beat two years ago. That'd be pretty crazy. Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, very strange happenings here in this postseason, in the second round. Every single series, that being New York, Philadelphia, Tampa, Boston, Vegas, Vancouver, Dallas, Colorado, every single series had a team go up three games to one. Only one team finished finished the series off in five games. That was the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning, after losing game one to the Boston Bruins, end up advancing after sweeping out the Boston Bruins. I had a very strong feeling the Boston Bruins were going to go to the Stanley Cup and win it this year. I also had a strong feeling Vegas might be doing something like that. Uh, Vegas, obviously, as you would know, is still alive very much. Um, Tuka Rask ended up going home with a health problems with his child, so he just said, I'm out of here, you know, especially in these times. It's not like Yaroslav Halak was, isn't qualified to be a starting goalie in the league. He's done a hell of a job. Uh, the only place he stunk was in with the New York Islanders, ironically. Of course, a totally different uh, system at the time, just a couple of years back. No Barry Trotz there to lead the Islanders. If he was there, I'm sure Halak would have had tons of success. Unfortunately, it just wasn't the case. Vasilevsky is one of the best goalies in the league, but for some reason, the Wild tend to beat him. Or at least we shut down this incredible Tampa Bay lineup, which is probably the closest thing to the Edmonton Oilers of the 80s. I always tend to bring them up because what a stacked team. Or the Pittsburgh Penguins of the early 90s, where it's just player after player after player. You're like, oh my god, he was on that team? Oh my god, he was on that team? Him too? That's kind of what the uh, 
Tampa Bay Lightning are, and they're they're due for something. I've got a feeling. I mean, you just look at their lineup, and you can't believe it. Uh, Boston's kind of similar that way, but not as much. They're just so strong, and they have so many good players that at the same time you say, yeah, they're outstanding. Brad Marchand is one of the most disliked players in the league, but he's a 100-point type of talent. Uh, he's just an obnoxious guy, but Pasternak is one of the great ones, and he's another guy you know the Wild probably could have gotten in the draft years ago. Patrice Bergeron is the type of guy that uh, Bill Guerin has stated numerous times he would love to have a player of that style, a, you know, 200-foot player. It would be awesome to have a 200-foot center, not just a guy looking to make plays for others, this and that, but looking to score goals and, of course, play strong defense, this and that. Just kind of a little bit of everything. <clears throat> Charlie Coyle had moments, definitely off and on, but he never seems to finish. He had 10 shots on goal in the final game. Can you believe that? 10 shots on goal for Chuck. Charlie Coyle, old Chucky. 10 shots on goal. And, well, did he score in the game? No. Did he get an assist? No, but he was a plus one. That was the final game that ended up uh, sealing the fate for the Boston Bruins. And what was a damn good series, but uh, not a damn good series for Boston, just a great series for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, when it w- I mean, this is when you knew the Lightning were going to win the series. I- and I know, it's like you're just hoping for their sake. They didn't just you know use up all their energy and all their magic, so to speak, in game number three when they went up 2-1. to one. Seven to one, crushing. But then it's like three to one over Boston. It's like they're they're gonna win. This is absolutely nuts. Uh, dramatic overtime game. Tampa Bay escapes with the win in game number two, and Tampa Bay has just proven it. I, if they lose game one to the Columbus Blue Jackets, they would have definitely lost. Uh, I mean, they would have been upset again. But that just showed that they got that monkey off their back, having to go to quintuple overtime with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That'll be a big part of if the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup. You'll go all the way back to the very first game of the postseason for the Tampa Bay Lightning, winning that quintuple overtime game. You, you just heard what I said. Quintuple overtime game. And it is a final. That went very quick. The last uh, four minutes just literally went off the clock because they're just icing the puck. Or, you know, like not literally icing it, but just burning the clock. The Isles are in the East Finals. Congratulations, New York Islanders. But no, um, they will play the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> That's going to be a hell of a series, I think. Wow. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning, though, yeah, I mean, winning winning in overtime in the very first game, going to quintuple overtime, the way they survived that, oh, man. You know, I mean, it would have been just derailing to lose that game to the team that snuck in with the eighth seed last year. Still a good team, but, I mean, swept you in the first round and you had a pretty much a historically good season last year. And then you lose in quintuple overtime to them in the opening uh, game of the postseason. That would have just been devastating for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It would have been like, here we go again. We're dead. Uh, Lightning win OT, uh, OT game 4-3 to three over the Bruins in game number 2. And then you get that 7-1 demolition, 3-1 to one solid performance. And then a tightly played, but a good game by the Tampa Bay Lightning at the end of the day to make it 3-2 to two in a game with Charlie Coyle at 10 shots on goal. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for him. I do. At least they get out of the first round, I know. And they got all the way to the final which is something the Wilds still have never done, and I wish they will. I, I hope someday they will, someday, hopefully with the leadership of Bill Guerin and, and his uh, his group. Um, we'll see what happens, but if he could pull out some magic here in this offseason. Yeah, Charlie Coyle did what he does best. He didn't score. You know, And I'm not trying to trash him. It's just an unfortunate fact. There's the handshakes, and there's Carter Hart. You know, all the credit in the world to the Philadelphia Flyers. An awesome... Uh, 
comeback in the series. Uh, very strong play down the stretch. And considering what they were just a year ago, like how invisible the Philadelphia Flyers were just a year ago and what they are now. I mean, they're a team that was one win away from the East Finals. Uh, I don't think they would have beaten Tampa. New York's going to have a hell of a time, but they could. If anybody can beat Tampa in the Eastern Conference, it's, obvious, it's the New York Islanders. Uh, obviously, the Bruins couldn't do it. Columbus wouldn't, well, isn't going to do it. You know, Columbus wasn't going to do it, something like that. It's the New York Islanders. I mean, the Bruins couldn't do it. But, yeah, Barry Trotz knows what he's doing. And that New York Islanders team, I mean, Barzal and Anders Lee. And Barzal took one to the face, to the nose, I guess, tonight. And, boy, I bled all over the place. That had to suck. Literally got the stick to the nose in, uh, in traffic there. But uh, that's a hell of a New York Islanders team. And you get the right coach in place, and who knows? Great things can happen. Absolutely. Great things can happen. And it was so ironic the way he was able to knock off his former club, the Washington Capitals, so easily. It was pretty much a thorough thrashing there. Uh, Montreal sure as hell wasn't going to beat Tampa. Carolina probably not either. And if Columbus was the team that <laughs> might have beaten them, and they didn't. They only got one win out of it. Tampa Bay Lightning, 8-1 and one so far in the postseason against, again, the team that knocked them out last year. And probably the best team in the NHL this year. Until the until the round robin tournament, anyway, <laughs> the Boston Bruins, but they sure kicked Carolina's ass in the uh, in the actual first round because they didn't have to do any qualifying or anything. One take that I heard today, listening uh, to the well, it's not the Russo Suhan show anymore, and I don't know why they I don't know why I don't know if Suhan doesn't have the time anymore. Uh, Russo requested that he kind of goes his own way, so to speak. But obviously still with the Talk North Network and all that. Uh, yep, still that same feed and everything. It's an awesome, awesome show. I kind of missed the banner back and forth with Russo Stewart. I thought it was good. Uh, he already has straight from the source, which is like the same show, same type of show. You know, it's the same format where you could get an Anthony LaPantha, you could get a Bill Guerin, you know, which is obviously nothing wrong with that. But uh, Anthony LaPantha had a take on that show talking about how it's one thing how you have a play in the qualifying round if you want to have some kind of a permanent qualifying round. But not for the fifth seed. <laughs> not for like teams like the fifth seed down. Fifth seed's too high to be stuck in a qualifying round. And he said that's not fair. I agree. Uh, something like maybe seven and eight, you can do that. Uh, the NBA did something like that basically this year. Not that I've been watching it or anything. Maybe just glimpses. Because, yeah, they just... <laughs> It is what it is there. We'll leave that alone. Um, <laughs> it is what it is there. But And obviously the hockey playoffs are what they are. Hockey playoffs versus NBA playoffs, it's kind of tough to compare the two, if you know what I mean. It's Hockey playoffs are legendary, as you would know. Uh, especially all these series with all the nice comebacks. And it's ironic how they all turned out. It's ironic beyond belief how they all turned out. When you go up 3-1... And then there's a comeback. What usually happens when there's a seventh game? What usually happens? About 75% of the time. The momentum goes to the team that was trailing, that came all the way back. They usually finish the job, like the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016. Teams like that, they just go out and they finish the job. You know, the Golden State bleeping Warriors coming back before that versus the uh, <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder. They blew a three-game-to-one lead. I was thrilled to see... Uh, Golden State blow the 3-1 to lead in the next round. That was nice. But um, that kind of is what that is. But what happened here is every single team finished the job after they blew their 3-game to 1 lead. They finished the job. I, okay. Cool. Uh, at least you woke up and finished the job. I'm not 
super excited about Dallas, Colorado. I'd rather see Calgary, something like that. Uh, I would have rather seen Calgary, maybe St. Louis. That would have been kind of cool, Calgary and St. Louis in the semifinals. But, well, Colorado's an elite team, so so be it there. I think Vegas could have outlasted Colorado, but it would have been a long haul, boy. It would have been a long haul. Oh, my. But uh, this New York Islanders series, might as well talk about that right away before we head over to the Western Conference. What a series. Oh, man. Uh, Philadelphia was a team that I kind of, you know, I, I discounted them. They, they screwed around with the Montreal Canadiens a little bit. It is what it is. It, <laughs> the New York Islanders, though, you you got to admit, they let Philadelphia back in, but Philadelphia capitalized. It's a, it's a combination of things there. New York was absolutely dominant over the Washington Capitals, and they were absolutely dominant over Philadelphia for the most part in the three-game-to-one situation, the first four games. You could argue they all played the Philadelphia Flyers in Game 5. And then it was just like one thing after another, mistakes, this and that, absolute frustrations that just kept taking over, uh, bad penalties, this and that, goals that should have been stopped. I mean, Varlamov went from really good to mediocre, and Thomas Grace, I think, was a good Grace, Grace was a good cho- uh, choice tonight for game number seven. He ended up getting the job done. Of course, the Islanders smothered Philadelphia so much it barely mattered. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like Robin Renner for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights last night. It was a golden night for Vegas, barely, uh, barely. But uh, yeah, the ILC podcast with Mike Carver just just kind of happened upon that one, and yeah, that's awesome. That guy's good, and you gotta love the New York accent. The island is no, it's not quite that strong, but it's really good. Yeah, he went on to say basically how they just just absolutely just let Philadelphia back in the series, and he did. It's not a homer take; it's a fact. <laughs> it's a, it's not a homer take for uh, Mike Carver there. Absolute fact that uh, they let the uh, Philadelphia Flyers back in it. Flyers have a good team, very solid, very nice structure. They have, you know, Prokhorov's a good and strong defense, and he really took a puck to the knee tonight. Whew, that looked like it hurt. I mean, this is a painful-looking game. The Flyers just kind of heartbroken and frustrated time and time again throughout this game. Uh, I forgot about Brian Elliott. He's still with Philadelphia, huh? But uh, Carter Hart, yeah, he's just, he is the absolute undisputed goalie of the future. Uh, great job, Ron Hextall. Great job, Ron Hextall. Chuck Fletcher, you know, he's a little bit nicer maybe, and that's about it. Tyler Pitlick is uh, on the third line there for Philly. Good luck to him with the uh, the former golfer. Gotta love Tyler Pitlick. Maybe he'll score some more points than uh, his, his father, Lance. Solid defenseman, but very invisible on the offensive side. It is what it is. Ivan Prokhorov, obviously, uh, Provorov. I called him Prokhorov. Provorov, uh, very strong, obviously, uh, very strong defenseman with a great future. He was a minus three tonight, though. Just not a good day for him at the end of the day. And not good luck either. Uh, Jacob Vorasek, obviously a strong team with some veterans. Claude Giroux is, a, you know, one of the greatest. Kanaki, Sean Cordier, great strong players, but it just, it just wasn't enough. Uh, so many Minnesota ties with the New York Islanders. It's insane. Kel Clutterbuck's been on the fourth line there. He just kind of is what he is. He's, he's barely... He's barely a factor anymore, and that's okay. Their defense is, you know, their their defensemen are solid, but the system is so strong, it doesn't matter if their defensemen aren't, like, number one, number two type of defensemen. It's just that none of them are an elite talent like uh, <laughs> like uh, Mr. Hughes there for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, who a lot of people think could be a Paul Coffey type, the way he's had it, and that's, a, that's insane territory there. Paul Coffey? Paul Coffey. Yeah. Have you heard of the 80s Oilers, ladies and gentlemen? 
Paul Coffey? Yeah, that <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Brock Nelson, and this is, again, a team that uh, was great right before the Oilers, the New York Islanders, but the franchise was anyway. Uh, Matthew Barzal, obviously, you know, it's just a strong team. Jordan Eberle, Brock Nelson. Jordan Eberle, Brock Nelson, both Minnesota ties. Anders Lee. Cal Clutterbuck was a former Wild player. Even Pierre-Marc Bouchard played there for a cup of coffee before he just finally bit the dust as a player. Poor guy. Uh, you know, it's a goalie tandem. They're, they're kind of like the Vegas Golden Knights, aren't they? The New York Islanders are kind of similar. You know, you got you got a goalie tandem. Neither one of them is like a spectacular goalie, but Grace, Grace, I... Verlamov obviously is a name who's been around, and we know about him from the Colorado Avalanche, and he was an up-and-coming semi-star, they thought, there in Colorado, and it just never really happened. He was just decent. Thomas Grice is one of those guys who's just kind of always, you know, he, he's just, he's like one of the most underrated goaltenders in the league, isn't he? Obviously, if he has a good system in front of him, he's going to be outstanding. It's amazing his goals against average is as high as it is. It, it really is. He, you know, and I, he's not a franchise goaltender, but he's the kind of guy who will hold down the fort. And what a good choice by Barry Trotz tonight. I mean, honest to God, great choice. Great choice. Absolutely. Um, and some people out there have been talking about, you know, in other wild podcasts, have been talking about he could be a possible free agent target for the wild to kind of hold down the fort. Uh, possibly if we want to move on from Stalock and Dubnik, not just Dubnik, but Stalock, Stalock and Dubnik, both of them. Um, and uh, bring in our, our buddy, Cabo Cock, and I'm distracted. Some weird stuff I'm seeing on the screen here. I would have liked to just see some <laughs> hockey. I don't know what the heck this is, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Pardon me. Let's uh, let's make the switch here. I don't know what is going on with this, but I suppose I should expect that. There we go. That's a little better. Yeesh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, New York Islanders definitely. Uh, it's a franchise, you know, they might go all the way. They could win the Stanley Cup this year. Absolutely. Anybody remaining, except except the Dallas Stars, in my opinion, could win the Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay, New York, and Vegas could win the Stanley Cup. Dallas Stars, I think, are the ones that are not going to win the Cup. I'm shocked that they finished off Colorado last night. I'm absolutely shocked that that happened. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> but sometimes it's just, okay, I guess they did. Uh, you know, like Dallas's goaltending, Dallas's defense just, I don't know what happened, honestly. Um, it's not that good. They could have, but, and obviously Colorado is what they are, and <laughs> if Grubauer didn't get injured, it would have been a totally different story at the end of the day. Uh, New York versus Tampa. Tampa is going to win the series, I guess. I mean, New York can do it, but Tampa, to me, looks like they are the cream of the crop. Um, before I move back, before I move on to the West, sorry for bouncing around a little bit. This Tampa Bay Lightning team is stacked like anybody. Again, like I said, have you ever heard of the Edmonton Oilers? You know, Braden Point, Anthony Shirelli, who a lot of people are talking about to be a target for the Minnesota Wild in the offseason. Well, yeah, that'd be amazing. It really would be. Victor Hedman, absolutely insane. One of the best defensemen in the league. Ryan McDonough, very, very freaking solid. Sergachev, excuse me. Uh, Eric, even Eric Sternick and Kevin Shattenkirk, two assists in his most recent game. As he'd kind of vanished off the face of the earth at times, but still, just, you know, he had some amazing seasons in his past. And for him to be on the third pairing for Tampa and still manage to get 34 points in a shortened season, by the way, 
He's unbelievable, isn't he? he? He's really something. I almost forgot he was on the Avalanche for a minute. Yep, I always remembered him as a St. Louis Blue, one of the top defensemen there for a while. Was with Washington for a minute. He was mediocre with the freaking Rangers. He was oh, he was awful. Winds up in Tampa, and it's like, oh yeah, totally different story. Totally different story. Great job, Kevin Shattenkirk. What a run for him. It was an exciting addition to a Washington team, and then just just didn't work out. You know, it just didn't work out so great there. I, you know, Kucherov, Tyler Johnson, solid. Minnesota ties again. Man, it's just unbelievable. You know, and Braden Point's another guy the Wild could have had in the draft just a few years ago, and it's just whatever. You know, we could go on and on and on with that one. Oh, man. And Pasternak, Braden Point. You could go on forever. He was a third-round pick, by the way. Third-round pick, you know, and uh, the 2014 draft. Oh, man. You know, should we talk about the Vancouver Canucks here and the Vegas Golden Knights? Talk about two guys that could have been on the wild and it would have been totally different. And imagine if you had Braden Point, too. But obviously, you're not going to get all of them. I mean, that's just too good to be true. That would be like a miracle. You know, you'd have to be Marty McFly with the Sports Almanac, that kind of thing. Great Scott! But, of course, 2015 is over now. I, 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 no, it wasn't. That was the 2014 draft. So, yes, Great Scott, Marty. <laughs> the 2014 draft. Oh, Oh, I mean, you know, Kevin Fiala still winds up on the team via trade. That was a 2014 draft. So you, you miss out on Dylan Larkin. There's Alex Tuck, who would have been a nice guy to have, but I mean, David Pasternak would have been a little better, right? A little, would have been a little better. Maybe you wouldn't have given him up to Vegas. Maybe not. But uh, isn't that just something else? Braden Point. Uh, Louis Belpedio and Braden Point. Braden Point was taking one pick ahead of Louis Belpedio. Maybe the Wild could have traded with Tampa. But Tampa was probably like, no, that's okay. We'll we'll take him. Or we could have traded with Columbus or the New York Islanders. You know, Ila Sorokin. They probably are like, oh, let's take a flyer on this guy and see what happens. You know, Blake Sabanoller for Columbus. A couple picks ahead. Instead of taking Blake Sabanoller, trade with Minnesota. Uh, you know, Braden Point's, yeah, Braden Point. Let's give him a chance. Uh, there's this kid out of Moose Jaw. Let's give him a shot. Ah, oh, hindsight is twenty twenty. I know. I know, I'm probably boring you with it. It's just amazing what that draft could have brought us. But that Vegas and Vancouver series, was that was a good series, wasn't it? That was probably the best series of all days. It would have to be. You know, Tampa-Boston was the easiest, but it was still fun to watch all that talent. But it was the easiest in terms of Tampa just kind of rolled all over them. Robin Leonard, I called him Renner. That was stupid. Robin Leonard, obviously... I don't know why I called him Renner. I'm just losing my mind. <laughs> I obviously know who that is. Yeah. Duh. Uh, what an amazing survival for Vegas. I mean, they almost blew it again. Another San Jose Sharks type of team with a good uh, top line anyway. And this guy named Thatcher Demko, who's a nice, solid goalie of the future for the Vancouver Canucks. And I think he, uh, I think he, there's a pretty good chance Vegas goal, uh, excuse me, the Vancouver Canucks might end up passing on signing Jacob Marsham to some big money, go the cheaper route, and, well, you got Thatcher Demko. <laughs> yeah, 2014, second-round pick. 2014, second-round pick, very solid. His goals against average so far in the NHL hasn't been good, but if he's anything like he was in that series, watch out. But maybe it's just Jake Allen. Maybe it's just a Jake Allen situation where, you know, Jake Allen had been so mediocre, and the Wild kicked his butt in the 2015 playoffs, comes back in 2017, and he's, you know, He's better than, than any goalie that you've ever seen, ever. 
Uh, and that's pretty much what happened along with Sebastian Jaguer, who was a career solid backup and sometimes, you know, and he became a decent starter on occasion as well. We'll see what happens, but maybe at Thatcher Demko, we'll see. Uh, he was downright outstanding at the end of the day out of San Diego, California. Hockey hotbed at uh, that one right there. San Diego, California, dude. Wow, dude, San Diego. That's insane. <laughs> yep, another big boy, six foot four. Yep, big boy, big boy indeed, but he was awesome. Um, the only reason Vegas was able to get the puck through in that seventh game, great screening by Mark Stone, and one other Vegas player who's who I'm who's escaping me at the moment. Awesome start to the series. Looked like Vegas was going to outclass the Vancouver Canucks throughout this whole thing. Just absolutely slaughtered Vancouver five to nothing. I enjoyed it thoroughly, especially just the frustration of losing the series to Vancouver. And it's like, yeah, the Wild are lame. I mean, you you, you know, Vancouver's got some talent. But yeah, whatever. Vegas is going to smoke their ass right out of there. And then Vancouver comes back exactly like they did with the Minnesota Wild after the Wild outclassed Vancouver in Game 1. And it was just Vancouver right away and Vancouver all the way in that game. 5-2. to two. So the series is tied just like that. But then Vegas came back and they stymied Vancouver with a 3 nothing win. Like what Vancouver did to the Wild. So instead of the Wild coming back and shutting Vancouver down again, it was Vancouver whooping our butts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was. <laughs> I mean, Vancouver kicking our butts in that situation, but in this one, it was Vegas kicking Vancouver's butts, and then they get a five to three win for a three not a three to, uh, three to one lead. I thought the series was done, two to one, solid, solid, strong effort by Vancouver, and the next thing you know, Vegas can't score, and they just cannot score from <laughs> Iran. It was Sebastian Jaguer reincarnated into Thatcher Demko. Uh, Vegas did score against him real early, and this is, of course, the injury to uh, Jacob Markstrom. So you got to go with Thatcher Demko because you have no choice. He's the he's the Kapokakinen with worse numbers, basically, for the Vancouver Canucks. you got your strong top line, and you got Quinn Hughes. He's got a chance to be, a, uh, you know, a legend someday. You know, Edler and Teneva are really solid as well. <sighs> man, 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 man. And then Vegas just couldn't score anymore after... The, the late in the second period. That was just kind of all she wrote at the end of the day. They took a one nothing lead in the game, and then Vancouver just ended up finishing things off. Brock Besser, a part of both their goal and an assist. Elias Pettersson, a superstar. Obviously, we all know how talented this Vancouver team could be. Uh, Vancouver then with Thatcher Demko, which shut them out 4 nothing. And then, my goodness, it's like, okay, what the hell? It got to be 130 minutes of shutout hockey by Thatcher Demko before finally something got through from Shea Theodore in game number seven. That was a tight, tight battle, boy. That was a tight, tight battle. More than halfway through that third period, almost 14 minutes in. Just a little bit over six minutes remaining. And you could just see the devastation on the uh, Vegas, uh, Vancouver Canucks' faces when that one went through. It's like they, they just kind of knew they were sunk. Uh, because the way Vegas came back and realized the only way you're going to beat this Vancouver team is to absolutely smother them and then pray to God that, pray to God you can get the puck, uh, you can get something through this this freaking Demko guy and then it eventually worked out. Um, but the way this Vegas team almost choked away a 3-1 to series lead in back-to-back seasons, it's, boy, it, it had Vegas fans very, very frustrated. Um, very, very frustrated indeed. Left everybody like, oh my, you, you, you can't choke again. I mean, there's some kind of organizational problem, but 
Well, three teams almost choked away three to one leads, and none of them ultimately did. So good for the Vancouver, <laughs> good for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's just like a tongue twister here with Vancouver and Vegas. Vancouver, Vegas is driving me crazy. <laughs> this and that. But uh, Alex Tuck had five goals in this series. And he ended up getting the goal on the empty net for his eighth goal in the playoffs. Awesome numbers, despite being shut down by uh, Demko and Vancouver in general, but Demko especially uh, during the course of this, during the courses of Game 5 and Game 6 and three-quarters of Game 7, basically. Unbelievable. Uh, still, still has eight goals in the playoffs after having a very, very mediocre season. Very mediocre season. But just imagine Alex Tuck still on the wild, and uh, Thatcher Demko on the Wild as well. Maybe the Wild end up with Thatcher Demko in the 2014 draft. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be something? But that's pretty much what happens when you don't have a second-round pick. I mean, the Wild did not have a second-round pick, so it kind of is what it is at the end of the day. So maybe we wouldn't have wound up with him, and, well, he wouldn't have been good until that series, so it's just kind of funny. So maybe I should get off that. Uh, <laughs> Pasternak would have been nice, though. Pasternak, yeah. Just just stop talking about Alex Tuck. How about Pasternak instead? And then the trade never happens. Never. 70-80 uh, point, 90 point guy. No, that's okay. 70 games this last year, and he had 95 points. I mean, he was a 100 point talent. It's like, yeah, screw that. Screw that. We're not we're not making that trade. Pasternak would have been the first guy protected at the end of that. And he was only a 25th pick in the draft. So, I'm telling you, you know... <laughs> sometimes those late picks in the first round, you just never know who's there. You just never know. Oh, my. Uh, Pasternak, man, what a stud he is. Fun fun series to watch. Very happy with the outcome, thank God. Uh, Vancouver, to me, a couple more pieces to this team, and if Demko can, you know, if, if this is Demko and this wasn't just a mirage, this Vancouver team is going to compete for a Stanley Cup for the next five years, I think. They are in. They are in the mix. They have the talent. They, they move the puck. And if they have that type of goaltending to go with it without spending a trillion dollars on the goalie, maybe add a solid defenseman or a, another solid defenseman or maybe some second, third line type of guys to help out so you have depth and, and uh, strength in this and that, Vancouver could win a Stanley Cup, something they've never done. But they could win a Stanley Cup. It's ever possible, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I've never really actually said that during the whole Sadine run. I never picked Vancouver to win the Stanley Cup, and <laughs> part of that might have been old bitterness, this and that. But they were playoff chokes pretty much forever. They finally broke through and got to the finals versus the uh, Boston Bruins, and they ended up choking that series away as well down the stretch when Luongo got solved big time by the Boston Bruins in Game Six and Seven. That kind of changed everything. When Vancouver probably should have had that thing because they were the best team in the NHL that whole season back in 2011, and Boston took it away. Finally, the Boston Bruins won a cup again, and, but now they've been denied the puck ever since in heartbreaking fashion. As they've been good every year, basically, since then, with a couple of meh kind of seasons mixed in, but generally speaking, they've been an awesome team ever since then. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, very, very fun series. Very impressive what Vegas was able to accomplish. This show may be a little longer. I'm a little bit more wordy tonight, so I apologize if I'm going on too much. But it was uh, it was an entertaining series. I really enjoyed watching the Vegas Golden Knights. I've enjoyed uh, the postseason with them. Dallas, Colorado, uh, 
Grubauer goes out real early and in this series, and it's just ruined everything. I mean, Colorado would be in the it would be in the West Finals today easily, because Dallas was known for their shutdown defense and their strong, super strong goaltending tandem there with uh, Ben Bishop and Hudobin, 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 the former Minnesota Wild player there, Minnesota Wild goalie, very good goaltender. Um. Colorado's got the best top line in the NHL. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, it's kind of sad. You know, it kind of is. I'm not an Avalanche fan, but, I mean, you lose Grubauer, and it's not like he was good either. He gave up three goals before he got injured. That's the interesting part. Uh, Dallas has depth. Dallas has strength, this and that. And they got that that experience. I mean, they went old in the offseason, which is funny. And, heck, they could have kept... Uh, they could have kept Zuccarello. Come on, keep Zuccarello. You know, pay him. Come on, Dallas, pay him the money. You want all these veterans? Keep just keep Zuccarello. You know, maybe let uh, Joe Pavelski go to uh, you know go to Tampa Bay. Let Joe Pavelski go to you know the Florida Panthers or something. You know, maybe they'll fork over some money to help out with some veteran veteran leadership or something. Yeah, you know, just keep Zuccarello, Dallas, please. I wish they did. I wish they did. I think every Minnesota Wild fan will agree with you. Uh, obviously, another great defenseman. Kale McCarr, he's going to haunt the wild forever, I think. Sam Gerrard's pretty good, too. Former Ranger. Every time I see that gray, the name Graves, I think of the old Graves, Adam Graves, with the uh, New York Rangers as well. Uh, he had an awesome run, didn't he? Yep, he was a hell of a player there for them. Uh, Tyskanen, obviously, he's got a nice future. Klingberg is established, an established stud. Dallas Stars are going to be an interesting club moving forward. Colorado, you know, if they had the goaltending, they could have, they could have, they could have, uh, they could be in the cup final, quite, uh, quite possibly, you know, they could have beaten Vegas, not that I would have liked it, but they could have, obviously they have the offense that's unbelievable, and they certainly solved this Dallas goaltending quickly, despite losing Grubauer, where they went from, uh, you know, having a, a little bit of everything, good strong goaltending and ridiculous offense, where they're one of the best teams in the league, to a team that just had to simply outscore their opponent to survive. Uh, I mean, the Stars end up taking a 2 nothing lead after the injury to Grubauer. Colorado scores six bleeping goals in Game 3 to move to finally get things going. They lose 5-4 to four to go down 3-1, to one, and then they score six again. So it's you got to score six goals to beat this team for some reason. And then they bring in Michael Hutchinson. And next thing you know, Michael Hutchinson ends up being a little, a little bit like a Demko, like a lesser version of Demko here for the... Uh, <laughs> for the Colorado Avalanche for one night. For one night. He stopped 27 to 28 shots. Hudobin had some not-so-good moments. And you thought, wow, Dallas man ended up blowing this thing. 4-1 to one in favor of Colorado. And every time you think Dallas is going to lose, oh, the Stars are going to lose to Calgary. Calgary's going to beat the Dallas Stars. Colorado's now going to beat the Dallas Stars. They're going to come all the way back, and they're going to go to the West Final versus Vegas. And then Dallas just shows up and plays, and they managed to score four, uh, five goals against this goaltender named Michael Hutchinson. Yeah, we remember him with uh, <laughs> Columbus and such. Or was it the Jets, pardon me? Uh, had some moments, but uh, again, gave up five goals in this one. Hudobin gave up four, but he faced 40 shots against one of the best offenses in the NHL, if not the best, and it is what it is. Uh, Dallas just ends up being a little bit better at the end, and that's just how it goes. Colorado led in this game multiple times, in fact several times it was very much like 
very similar to Minnesota-Colorado Game 7. It was kind of the way Colorado handles Game 7s, I guess. They outplay their opponent and they lose, I guess. Um, The only difference was Dallas scored the first goal of the game. That's the only difference. Otherwise, Colorado was the better team the entire night, but they just didn't finish the job. And that's just all there is to it. Congratulations, Dallas Stars. (laughs) And you had an unsung hero there in Kivaranta getting the job done for Dallas and sending them to the West Finals for the first time since 2000, if I remember correctly, when they wound up getting to the Finals again and losing pretty harshly to the New Jersey Devils. They win game one, and New Jersey just whoops their ass the rest of the way. It was it was bad. New Jersey stomped on those stars. And, of course, in 1999, the stars beat a Buffalo team. It was pretty good, but a controversial goal by Brett Hall ended up finishing it off, that type of thing. Yep, yep, that's that's old news, obviously, but uh, we'll talk about the uh, two series very briefly here. Tampa Bay and New York, my goodness. That's going to be a very entertaining series. Uh, I'm imagining Tampa Bay pretty much the way I imagined Boston, just the best team in the NHL right now. Uh, I think they will beat the New York Islanders, even though I'd like to see the Islanders continue this run and get to the final. It'd be pretty damn cool to see it. I think if the Islanders get to the final, they win. I think I kind of think it's going to be the Eastern Conference winning the Cup this year. I would love to see Vegas. If they can get it together and, you know, focus, be consistent, they will be they will be the Stanley Cup champion. I do think Vegas is going back to the finals. I'll be absolutely stunned if the Dallas Stars get to the finals. Uh, I, I really will. Uh, their goaltending is not as good as we thought. It's just not. Uh, they give up a lot of goals. <laughs> they do. The defense in front is inconsistent. It's good sometimes, and then it's not. I think Vegas wins in six. I think it's not It's not going to be a long, drawn-out seven-game series. It's a six-game win, uh, series win for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I think Tampa wins in six, or seven, actually, over the New York Islanders. It's going to go to game seven, and maybe New York pulls it off. We'll see. But as of right now, Tampa Bay wins in seven over the New York Islanders. And if I'm a betting man, I, I got Tampa. I got Tampa winning the cup, but I'd love to see Vegas pull it off. Vegas and Tampa would be an epic, great series. Probably Tampa Bay in six or seven over the Vegas Golden Knights, but uh, maybe Vegas has it in the cards, literally, because that's Vegas. That's a Vegas thing. But right now, if I'm a betting man, it's Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup. This it, it is. Uh, they are the best team in the NHL right now, and there's just no question about it. No question. So there's my predictions. Real quick, and I was listening to the Sound the Foghorn podcast, and of course on this show. Uh, this particular episode, I, uh, again, didn't take questions again because this was more of a playoff update type of thing. Just just a little fun catch-up and talk about the postseason, this type of thing. <clears throat> I'll have a bit, a little bit of brief wild news as well for it right now. I probably could have brought it up at the beginning, which I probably should have, but I'll, I'll, do, I'll say it now and such. The Minnesota Wild lost Brennan Menel, and that really sucks to the KHL. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens, but it opens the door potentially for a Louis Belpedio for a, uh, you know, Kalen Addison. We'll see what happens. Of course, right shot defenseman. Still got Dumba, still got Brodeen. We're still even stuck with our old buddy, uh, I don't even want to think about him anymore, Greg Patteron. I don't think he's going to play another game for the Wild one way or another. Uh, we all know general managers hate buyouts because you're just giving somebody money, money to do nothing. That's basically what you're doing, and it still kind of hangs around on your cap for uh, uh, for multiple years. So it's instead of just one. Maybe the Wild just let Pattern just kind of ride it out as the seventh defenseman. I'm not too excited about bringing Brad Hunt back. 
either. Uh, I wouldn't mind including him in a trade, that type of thing. Look, he's the coolest guy ever. Everybody says it. Like, the coolest dude in the world. But if, if you can make your team better, make your team better. It is what it is. I don't think Belpedio is a bad guy. I'm sure he isn't. And Kalen Addison sounds like the, an intelligent thinker type of guy who, uh, you know, he, if he makes a mistake, he knows what he did, that type of thing. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, great skater, great great future for Kalen Addison. Could be one of the great trades in Wild history, if not the best. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, it's kind of crazy, but the Wild haven't had a lot of good trades, have we? Uh, they had, oh, oh, but we got, <laughs> I don't even want to remember the guy's name. What was his name? I don't even remember his name. The guy we traded away, or we traded for with Montreal. Uh, ben Mapulia, and I can't remember the stupid guy's name. I <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm literally like jumping around and digging. It's, it's uh, Guillaume Lutendratz, yeah, of course. Uh, very unique name, of course. Yeah, I mean, he was the guy that, yeah, you traded for him, and oh, it's a great trade. You know, hey, he was so good. And then he wasn't. He's just out of shape. He didn't care. You know, he had some skill, but he didn't care. You know, it, it's always like that, I swear. He's like, he's, you know, Bryant McKinney. All the talent in the world, you don't give a crap. That, that's great, man. That's great. You, you know, take your money and leave, right? <sighs> that type of thing. It, it was so it was so freaking frustrating. But, yeah, I mean, they're wild. have not had a lot of good trades. We, we just have not. Um, I can't really think of one that stands out other than hopefully this one by Bill Guerin. I mean, honest to God, it was often, you know, you trade away a third-round draft pick for David Poe. Or you trade away, yeah, you know, you trade away multiple second-round picks for... It's just disgusting when you think about these guys. I mean, I mean, Martin Hansel, you trade away two. Uh, I mean, you trade away a first-round pick for Martin Hansel, who did absolutely nothing. You're just stunned at some of these, you know, at some of the decisions and the frustrations that just they took over. You uh, just can't believe it. Matt Molson was the other guy that I was thinking about with the the two first uh, the two second round draft picks for Matt Bleep and Molson. I mean, it's moves like that that nobody understands. Uh, one other thing, though, on the Sound the Foghorn podcast, uh, Brett Marshall, Justin Backey, guys like that, uh, Zeke Boyat, uh, great guys, great show. Obviously, turn your microphone up a little bit there, Justin Backey. Come on now, <laughs> God bless you, uh, awesome guy. What an awesome guy. Uh, just you know. But yeah, they, they talked about the different jerseys in the NHL and such, how, you know, they got some questions in the mailbag, and I'm going to name out my current list really quick. Vegas, Golden Knights, Calgary Flames, of course, not wild, of course, but my favorite wild jerseys, my favorite wild jersey is the current uh, green home ones. They're so good. Oh, I believe that was Brett Marshall that was like, yes, absolutely, that's like my favorite wild uh, jersey of all time. It's mine, too. Otherwise, the, the original green road ones, awesome. Awesome. Uh, the reds and then the green cursive I didn't like just for a couple of seconds. Okay, so Vegas, Calgary, New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers, their orange jerseys are so freaking cool. Toronto Blue Jays, blue jerseys, Tampa Bay blue jerseys are my top six jerseys in the NHL, not named the Minnesota Wild currently. All time, it's Hartford Whalers uh, green, North Stars green. You know, not the Hartford Whalers blue, but the, you know, the, the kind of the blue effect, but the green ones, absolutely the green ones, not the blue ones. Um, you know, they were kind of like from the 80s, not the 90s part with the blue. Yeah, you get the idea. Uh, the old Calgary Flames, yes. Uh, the green North Stars without the black trim, but the pre, you know, like the earlier part of the 80s, just so freaking cool. Uh, that's at least my top three. I would say the Oilers, uh, the, uh, the Oilers back then uh, would make it four. 
you know, the Atlanta, the Atlanta Flames with, with the A, the Flaming A, so freaking cool. Um, that'd be like the retro jerseys and such. And I guess the Vancouver's with the flying skate, that type of thing. I believe that's what they call it, right? That's what you guys are talking about also on the Foghorn podcast. Where It was like those multiple colors with the black jerseys. Those were awesome. Uh, when they went to the finals and lost to the New York Rangers in 94. So that's, I wanted to throw that in. Okay, I shout it out to the Foghorn podcast. Uh, Hockey Gone Wild. Brandon Quast is a part of that show. What a great show. Awesome show. Brandon Quast also writes for, uh, well, uh, writes for uh, Gone Puck Wild, and I believe he's moving on to Hockey Wilderness. He was talking about that as well. That's pretty cool. Congratulations there. Hockey Wilderness with uh, SB Nation. That's awesome. Congratulations, Brandon Quast. Uh, Justin Backy, Brandon Quast, awesome guys, Pavel Bonetchek, Republic, MNW Prospects. I'm very proud to be part of that organization. And, well, it's not 100% official, but it's official. I'm joining Gone Puck Wild as a writer. Yes, Brave the Wild host Joey Wisen is joining Gone Puck Wild as a, uh, <laughs> as a writer. I was accepted, and I finished all the little... Uh, tutorials now now it's not 100% official I haven't gotten the full go ahead to get started yet but that should be uh, starting as soon as next week so we'll see Gone Puck Wild I'll write on occasion there uh, at least a couple times a month depending on my schedule but (laughs) yeah yeah, it's 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 exciting I'm looking forward to doing some writing I get to be a little mini Russo here in uh, Golden Valley Minnesota and uh, get that thing rolling and that's why I've always known about citing things citing this this paper, citing this group, citing this, citing that, because you don't want to plagiarize, and boy, do they let you know about that. And I agree. I agree. I mean, plagiarizing is a career killer, so that's one thing. So somebody out there, again, if you want to join, and I think Justin Backey might be, a, might be a, a writer at some point as well. We'll see what happens. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too much. Hopefully I'm not doing that. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, he's very busy. He's got a Another little one coming real soon. Heard that conversation as well. Congratulations in advance, Justin Backey. Yes, sir. He's, again, a part of that uh, Foghorn podcast. And Sound the Foghorn. Excuse me. Sound the Foghorn podcast. And then uh, (laughs) Hockey Gone Wild podcast. Where uh, that's where Brandon Quast is a, a part of that one. That's a fun show. They only release it once every two weeks. But what a fun show. So that's three Minnesota Wild shows you can listen to. Yeah, uh, you know this is the this is the third one of the three. Great, uh, great hockey conversation. We're all good guys. We love the game. We we mean it when we say it. Keep we all keep up with the prospects. You know, I mean, we're looking forward to a bright future. The KHL started, which is really cool. I wish uh, any I wish the AHL could get going as well. There's Pete DeBoer. Yep, Pete DeBoer. Congratulations and advancing to the West Finals last night. Gotta love that. <laughs> yeah. I really like the Vegas Golden Knights. Hope they can keep it going. And, hey, it's not like they've given the Wild a whole lot of a hard time either, have they? It's been kind of fun playing the Vegas Golden Knights, hasn't it, for the Wild history. I think we've lost to them once. So, kind of funny. I'm a little bit more wordy. Hope you enjoyed this conversation a little bit longer this time than last time around. Again, I didn't take questions this time around, so I apologize to Derek Felska. Massive shout-out to him before I step out. Uh, Crease and assist. Unbelievable talent there. Crease and assist. Google that. Join uh, join Derek Felska on there. Look him up on Twitter as well. Uh, what an amazing guy. Western Wisconsin. Or excuse me. East, yes, it, it would be Western Wisconsin. <laughs> Brandon Quass is the one way up there in northeastern Wisconsin. Close to Green Bay there. Wow. Way up there. Must be a nice place to live up there. <laughs> but uh, um, 
Derek Felska, though, in western Wisconsin, has a profession as a teacher. Uh, he does a great job, and what an amazing job he does writing these, uh, writing for Crease and Assist. That's his creation, Crease and Assist blog. Look that up. Just simply Google it. You'll find it right away. Same thing with, like, Twitter. You know, give him a follow. Join the conversation. He's an amazing guy. He uh, encourages his listeners to, or his, his, his readers and, and uh, Twitter followers to ask questions on this show. This this one I didn't take questions because it's just a quick little playoff update, but the next show is going to be the major questions and all that and the State of the state of the Wild episode. So we're there because, or, nope, there will be, there might be one little tiny one after the conference finals. Excuse me. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, because it will review the finals. So there is going to be one short one of these after this, probably after to preview the cup finals and such and review the conference finals. Probably won't be as long as this one. Major shout out though to Derek Felska. What an amazing guy. Um, so he fields questions, and then it makes the show so much more interesting when you can uh, actually talk to people. Uh, where these these are just quick ones. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised how wordy I am tonight. But at the end of the day, give him a follow. And at the end of the day, there is the Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Join that as well if you could on Facebook. Scott Cavendish, Chance Costick, David Costick, Kathy Main, Chad Walski. Some of the best people out there, Michael Thick, amazing people on that page. Great wild conversation all the time. 365. Uh, again, MNW Prospects, give that a follow on Twitter. Join them on Facebook. I'm a part of that. Uh, again, like I mentioned, Justin Backey, Brandon Quast, myself, and of course, Pavel Burnett, who is the creator and founder of that page. Awesome. The whole idea is keeping up with the prospects because it gives us hope for the future as maybe, just maybe, we might finally have a star. And we kept up with Kuril Kaprizov all this time, and it's been a lot of fun. With that said, I better shut up and let you guys go. Take care, and go Vegas Golden Knights, go Tampa Bay Lightning, go anybody but Dallas. I don't want to see Dallas win.